Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> So I'll just be walking around a corner. There she is. I'm like, what the fuck? Like one of the shining <laughs> twins. That's why we dressed him up as that for Halloween. I still haven't Twice, seen. I, I think. Oh, no, no, that's right. I did see uh, Rachel's Instagram post. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're they're pretty <laughs> creepy when they want to be. But I do remember you telling me that you'd gotten them uh, matching dresses to do the shining twins. It worked. <laughs> I'll bet. It worked really well. They ooh. come play with us, Danny. Yes, they're very, they're scary children. Speaking All children which, are kind of scary, actually. Uh, have you seen Dr. Sleep yet? No, because I haven't seen The Shining, so I'm kind of still. Oh, fuck. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you should definitely see The Shining I first. I very much want to. I really want to see Star Wars. And I only want to see it because it's fucking Star Wars. I'm not feeling that one. It's the last movie in that in that mainline series that they're doing, supposedly. I'm taking their word on that. I'm believing them. So hopefully it's true. And that that's kind of why I feel I need to experience that last one in the theater. Because it might be the fucking last one I go to. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll go see it. But I guarantee you. If we get to the halfway point and it's crap, I'm walking out. I hear it's not crap. I hear it's okay. <laughs> well, that, that's okay. I know I'm in the minority on this one, but I actually kind of liked Last Jedi. Okay, me too. I'm going to go back and watch it again. I but... mean, I realize there are problems oh, with yeah. it. There, there are definitely problems. There's no question about that. But I did enjoy it. I had a good time. Whereas, like, for example, Rogue One, which I think was a much safer script. It was a much safer bet. Yes. You know, and it has less overtly wrong with it, but more wrong with it on, like, a deep level, in on, like, a craft level. <laughs> Where you leave the movie going like, did I like that? Yeah, or exactly. Or did I not like that? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I did. But then the yeah. longer you think about it, the more you start to realize its in, its problems. Whereas Last Jedi kind of wears all its problems on its sleeve. Um, but ultimately, I think it had so much to enjoy about it. Like particularly that final battle on that salt planet or With whatever. With those weird fox creatures, those things were cool. I, I really I really enjoyed that whole sequence and uh you know, so yeah, I I know it gets a lot of shit, but ultimately I, I had a good time with it and it didn't bore me to sleep whereas Rogue One I literally had to fight sleep for the last <laughs> quarter of that movie. Yeah, uh, there was a video on YouTube about like somebody made the suggestion it's like the Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie ever, and I'm like, well, maybe, but then he made, he made some good points. I can't remember yeah. any of them right now. But the way I think about it is that when Empire came out, nobody liked that movie because yeah. they were like, what the fuck is this? This is sad and yeah. not fun at all. Like, what happened with the feel good ending of the first one? So at that point, it wasn't a classic sequel, and no, you know that stuff didn't really happen. It happened in movie serials back in like the 30s and shit, but yeah. it didn't happen that often in mainstream <laughs> movies. So they're like, what the hell? Like, I still I fight with. With my kids to this day on that one they insist that they refuse to watch return of the jedi specifically because they were like no empire was so boring i don't want to watch return of the jedi which it, i have to blame myself for because of my stance on revenge of the sith you know it's like i got to revenge of the sith i was like fuck you george lucas you're not getting any more of my money but then <laughs> their little overstimulated shits of the internet age through no fault of their own i will no, i will give them that they can't no help fault it. of their own they love the shit out of that movie don't they revenge of the sith yeah i have no fucking idea i haven't watched it with them i will never watch it with any of them i will never watch it period oh boy people are gonna pay us money to watch they it. better pay a fucking butt ton of money 
if they're going to get me to watch it. I'm not watching that cheap. I'll say that. I have, I have some ideas about all that that's shit, BT dubs. That's, that's, that's a mark on my integrity, and <laughs> while I don't have a lot of it, what I do have, I do not sell cheap. Meh. So, yeah, if you want to get me to watch Revenge of the Sith, you better pony up the dough, listener. That's why you watch it and then rip it the fuck apart. <laughs> yeah. Not like nobody's done that before. And better. It's really not that bad. It's def- it's the strongest one of the original of that trilogy, I will. I have no doubt yeah. that it is. Oh, but yeah. At that point, it's too late. And then you have you have the Phantom Menace that had some cool stuff in it. But God, it was boring. Oh, uh, the Phantom Menace. The cool stuff in the Phantom Menace was only cool the first time you saw it. Nowadays, well, I still like Darth Maul, though. Fucking embarrassed. OK, all right. I will, I will give you 100 percent Darth Maul. I awesome. will concede <laughs> Darth Maul is literally the only cool thing about that movie. And he is cool. I Darth Maul holds up. Darth Maul was cool then. He's cool now. He will always be cool. Yes. But like he's the only but, thing they brought back from that. <laughs> he's the only fucking thing worth watching in that movie. And they and they killed him off at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so dumb. Yeah. And then they brought him back for a cartoon show. Whatever. Anyways, let's do this. Do Bullshit. this. Fuck, we've been doing it. We've been talking about a Ryan Johnson movie for the last okay. five uh, minutes. <laughs> well, hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood. It's the new year, and I hope everybody had a good fucking happy bullshit new year everybody i had i had it i had it scripted in my head before earlier this morning but i didn't write it down like i probably should (laughs) have so that would so yeah everybody be happy it's a new year let's not fuck it up all right i hope you had a great arbitrary stopping point as uh, harrison ford refers to it well he's not wrong somebody did just kind of come along and make that shit up yeah i mean granted it's a very functional system yes but uh but yeah, I do think it can be improved upon. I have been saying for years, we need to go to a 13-month calendar. 13 months of 28 days each, leaving one day left over at the end because that's a 364-day calendar. You leave one day over at the end, and every seven years, you have a leap week. Can I take that whole week off? I think it should be declared an international holiday, and anybody working during that week should have to be paid holiday wages. Amen. I just want to get paid holiday wages in general. <laughs> I think what you mean is you want to raise. Yes. I keep on asking for babysitting money, but now the people that I worked with that I was babysitting, one of them got fired for being creepy and the other one just kind of left. <laughs> so are these the ones I edited out of the last episode? Probably. Yes. <laughs> but they're gone now. Oh. They're not listening. Good riddance. So. Fuck them. Exactly. I'll tell you who I don't bid good riddance to. Ryan Johnson, director of Looper and The Last Jedi and uh, Knives Out, which I just saw the other And I was going to say, hey, it's so- this is like... At least 20 to 30% topical because Star Wars is in theaters right now. And he, Ryan Johnson directed a Star Wars movie once also. Oh, and what else did I say? Knives out. Knives out. He did. And I totally forgot about that movie. I would say knives out in the is in theaters now, but by the time this posts, it probably won't be because when I went and saw it, it was tragically empty and it's a good movie. Yeah, it really it's... is a good movie. I recommend it. If you like any kind of whodunit, go see it. It's a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, it'll probably be out of theaters. It's probably out of theaters already. I saw it like two weeks ago. So so it's probably already gone. Oh, and the other bit was the first teaser trailer for uh, A Quiet Place Part 2 just dropped like last week or a couple weeks ago. And Emily Blunt is in that oh, movie, too. Emily look, Blunt. Look at us being on top of shit. We were going to do Pandora. Thanks for spoiling <laughs> A Quiet Place for me. Oh, sorry. Well, they did that for me. So Yeah, that's true. No, it's not but, your fault. You know, we were going to do Pandora, but that movie is very hard to find. 
yeah, man, it's fucking tragedy. That it, movie should be more readily available. It's out of print. I did find one on Amazon that comes with the crazies, so I might get that. I'll, I might give you my DVD that and I'll be a get bad the one to have. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna get the one with the crazies, which is a movie I didn't like the first couple times I watched it. Well, maybe I'll get that one because I did like the crazies. And I mean, I, I like the original. I have the original. I want the Scream Factory oh, one. It yeah. looks cool. Yeah. If I have a choice of what version to get, if that version had been out when I got my yeah. version, <laughs> I would have just gotten that version. But I've had mine for like 10 years. So You know a movie people never talk about is fucking Looper. That's true. Until you mention it, I literally forget for a period of at least a year or two, and then I remember Looper is a movie. <laughs> I go back and I watch it, and I think, I always think, ah, I'm not going to like it this time. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna go back and watch it, and it's going to be one of those movies that hasn't aged well. I liked it a lot in the moment that I first saw it, and I was on a high coming off of Brick, because Brick is one of my favorite oh, yeah. movies. I don't have it. I don't have it. I haven't seen it, but Rachel and I both have a copy of it for some reason. You haven't watched Brick yet? No. Oh, dude, are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> God damn it, no. I'm sorry. I know I you- need to get on it. You seriously owe it to yourself to watch Brick. Like, as a film fan, you need to watch that movie. It's amazing. Okay, I personally am putting a big spoiler alert on this. Not because we're going to spoil the ending of the movie. We always do that. Yes. But because I have a fan theory that might spoil your enjoyment of this movie. (laughs) Oh, I'm psyched now. So... What should we talk about first? Because I wrote a bunch of notes about like the plot and like where everything goes and stuff. But like you're dealing with time travel. This movie makes no fucking sense. Okay, I will 100%. I love this movie to death. On the case, it says it's one of the coolest, most original movies like ever. And I'm like, I totally agree with that. I was at Target buying it when it first came out, and some dude looked at me and he's. I'm. I'm I grabbed it. I picked it up, and he saw that I had it. And he's like, Hey, man. Uh, so what do you think about this? Like, is it a good movie? And I just look at the case, and I'm like, Dude. Uh, uh, that pretty much sums it up. Yes. <laughs> so yes, it's a good movie. Time travel doesn't make any sense. Just on a practical level, even Back to the Future, which is if Rocky's not my favorite movie, Back to the Future is. Right. And I think that's one of the movies where time travel actually makes the most sense, and it still doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it's not super logical. At best, it's incredibly counterintuitive. So the idea about time travel movies is to not think too hard about time travel, which Bruce Willis actually says in the movie. That is the perfect point. Yeah, he, about, he says... Yeah. This is a precise explanation of a fuzzy mechanism. Fuzzy mechanism. That's right. And he's like, if we talk about time, I don't want to talk about time travel shit. If we talk about time travel, we're going to be here all day, like drawing <laughs> diagrams and shit. <laughs> Which is a yeah. fantastic dodge. It is It is the best dodge possible because it, it's absolutely right. My son's studying physics. He's studying concepts that the concept of time travel is all wrapped up in. And even he will tell you, <laughs> like, if you actually sit down and try and talk about it, first off, he has to dumb it down so bad that he feels like he's talking to a preschooler. And even then, you don't understand what he's got to say on the subject. Nope. You know what I'll do, though? I will take these time travel movies and I'll watch them because they're all kind of fun. Yeah, they are. Terminator. Back to the Future. 12 Monkeys. Bruce Willis has two good time travel movies. And I've never seen 12 Monkeys, actually. Really? But I know I need to. It's uh, oh, yeah. That one's on the list. Yeah, that one. that one's rock solid. Or is it? How hard do you have to think about it before it starts falling apart? No, um, that's the thing is I think that 12 Monkeys in particular is probably the most logically sound time travel movie that there is. Uh, how about Timeline? Timeline Do you remember is... Timeline? 
No. Timeline is so forgettable that I know I've seen it and read the book and I couldn't tell you anything that happened in it. You know what? I couldn't tell you anything about it other than that Paul Walker was in the movie. The book has one good scene. The movie has way better pacing. I know. The movie has one good scene where I don't know what the fuck happened exactly, but they're in this like abandoned castle area Uh and they have to fight this huge creepy knight who's all covered in moss because he never moves. (laughs) Okay. And that was kind of scary and cool. And then after that, everything was not cool anymore. The book dealt with one issue that has stuck with me ever since, which is the idea that the way they teleport people through time is to annihilate them on this side yes. and then trust that someone on the other side has invented a way to reconstruct them. Well, so it's like Doom and Star Trek. Don't they kind of <laughs> don't they do that the same thing sort of in Star Trek or Willy Wonka? Willy Wonka did it. That's oh, what really? he did. He uh, his teleportation thing where he's supposed to take the giant chocolate bar and shoot it and then shrink it down and put it on TV. He does that with the t- TV camera. Right. And then he obviously shrinks Mike TV. Right. Duh. And then but he's he's up he's up above us in a million pieces. And then he gets reassembled on the TV, but he's really small. It's kind of like that. But then the concept that stuck with me is that if you destroy somebody and then remake them, since we don't actually know what makes people people like we know all the basic mechanisms, but we don't understand that spark from not life to life. We don't really know what makes that happen. So if you destroy somebody, then reconstruct them perfectly and rebuild them. Is it still them? It's like the axe and the... Yeah. yeah. Because we don't know what makes a person a person, we we don't 100% know what that is. We have theories and or rather hypotheses and stuff, but we don't actually know. And consequently, like, did you essentially just do what they did in The Prestige? and create a copy, and then kill the original. Yeah, okay, and I read that book too. The ending was super creepy. It was <laughs> uh, That was pretty good. It was kind of slow. The movie's yeah. better, Yeah. The, but the book the was book. cool. Now, granted, I, I tried to read the book when I was much younger and didn't have the patience that I have nowadays, but it was too much of a slog. I couldn't finish it. Yeah, it, t- it took me a minute. But I have it if you want to borrow it because it, it's like it's kind of worth it for that kind of creepy ending. It gets <laughs> super fucking weird. There's but, a there's a lot of child murder in that book. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah maybe that, not a that lot. Di- that didn't make it into the movie. One. I think one child murder is enough t- for me to say that was a lot. It was kind of child murdery. Well, how many children got murdered? A child got murdered. <laughs> yeah. That, that's enough. And it was disturbing. Like this guy. I'm curious about what his other books are like. Huh. Are they that fucking weird? Or Yeah. I did not get that far into it like some of the the same characters were there but they were all kind of doing different stuff and i definitely like the movie better but it's worth a shot just uh it gets creepy so i like that we just kind of trailed off at least we're talking about time travel (laughs) instead of just what the fuck were we talking about earlier some 41 and shit like some 41 and sr 71 and so anyway um (laughs) Just start wherever the fuck you want. It doesn't matter. You've got notes. I've really only got my one big theory. Okay. That I kind of want to save till the end just because I don't want to ruin anybody's opinion of this movie right (laughs) off the bat. Right. When we're only only like a half hour in and recording at this point. We haven't even really touched on the movie. Aside from the time travel nonsense. So... (laughs) One thing that I noticed about Joseph Gordon-Levitt, though, is that he loves his fucking French. He speaks French in 10 Things I Hate About You. He speaks French in this. Oh, fuck, that's right. He plays a French guy in The Walk, and uh, and he does a bunch of French speaking in 500 Days of Summer. Huh. So I know, like, he actually speaks French, yeah. and it's obviously made its way into a bunch of his movies. So was that a Joseph Gordon-Levitt ad, the whole thing about French, or was it in It was probably his idea, or, unless Ryan Johnson's like, well, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's doing this, so he's, maybe it's in his contract. He's like, no, I have to speak French, except he does not speak French in Don John, as far as I know. 
which would be the funniest fucking thing. That would have been too out of character. That character, <laughs> that character suddenly <laughs> Tell me that French, that wouldn't have, like, because that's a, that's a good movie. That would have been super weird. Yeah, that would have been incredibly weird. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I really like the opening. It's really quiet. You'd have no idea what's going on. He's, he's just standing there with a gun. He kind of looks like Bruce Willis, but he doesn't really look like Bruce Willis, but they have a bunch of prosthetic makeup on his face. Speaking of which, the prosthetics in this, seeing him like that is jarring at first for sure, but it's shocking how quickly you get used to it and don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, but then when they're when they're both looking at each other in that diner scene, I'm like, dude, how the fuck did that turn into that? <laughs> Levitt's ears, that's what gets me. It was, the, the it was the noses for me. Like, if you look at their profiles, their noses are so completely fucking different, it freaked me out. And I no, never noticed see, it before I think today. They, I think they did a really good job on constructing the prosthetic nose. It's that Levitt's earlobes don't droop at all. Oh. They go straight up, whereas Willis's earlobes droop. And that's the kind of thing that doesn't change over time. I mean, they may droop a little bit more, but if you have earlobes that drop down from the connection point with the face. I got those. That's the kind of ears you have. <laughs> and if you don't, which Levitt doesn't, then you just don't. It's not like they suddenly, you know, drop an inch and a half. After Interesting. 40 and years. his ear is actually a pretty important thing. Because yeah, because he, he gets shot, shot in the ear. Yeah, that's funny. I didn't not, I didn't even think about that. That's like, the only thing that I kind of have to be like, all right, you know, like, well, I, it's not perfect. Can we kind of agree that this is the last time that Bruce Willis actually acted like he gave a shit? I'm trying to think. Because uh, even he's good in this movie. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't Live Free or Die Hard after this? No, it was before oh, that. Oh, it was before that. Okay. Yeah. That was um, like 2007. This was 2012, 13. Or 11 or I something. gotta say, I still liked Glass. I know I'm in the minority on that one, too. But I, I did Okay, like well, I, never, I haven't seen Glass yet. And I know I tried to get that fucking thing at Walmart, but it sold out almost immediately with the all three, three of the movies. Yeah. yeah. I you, found it. You and, and I'm your, like, you and your collections. Well, because I don't, I don't have Split, and yeah. we, we only have a DVD of Unbreakable. Oh, so yeah. Like, perfect, oh, well, perfect moment to upgrade. Yeah. Nope. Fuckers. I but did. then every time I see the glass Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, hey, oh, no, because it has that, like, the broken glass with the three people on it. Right. I'm like, you fucking bastards, you tried to trick me. <laughs> They're doing that on purpose. I know it got a lot of shit, but I ultimately thought it was a good movie. And I'm, I'm dying to check it out at some point. It's on, like, Prime it was for a while. It's not as good as the two movies that preceded it. No, and Split was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. And Unbreakable. Well, un- Unbreakable is my favorite Shyamalan movie. Unbreakable is very shyamalan but I still liked it. It's up there. I like I love The Visit. The Visit was weird. The Visit was a good one. <laughs> I can see why people don't like it, but I'm like, I, <laughs> that. That little kid rapping is so goddamn cringy. That's the part that made you cringe. I'm like, wow, an old crazy person took off his diaper and rubbed it in his face no i thought that was really fucked up which is what i want in a horror movie and he deserved it because he was a pain in the ass that little kid fuck him (laughs) oh i feel bad saying that kind of i actually did like those kids that opening is really cool i like how quiet it starts we don't know what the fuck's going on at this point all all we know is oh yeah he hasn't even done the time travel narration yet nope he's just he's just standing in the field just ambient sound checking his watch and then all of a sudden not even poof, just like click, there. there's a guy. I, I, and there has to be a sound associated with it in my head for some reason. I think there is a sound because, you know, if you Wasn't think it like about, a whoosh. Well, if you think about it, just air displacement, you know, oh, like yeah. suddenly something occupying a space that was only occupied by air before. It and, makes sense that it would make a sound. So, yeah, a whoosh sound would be the most logical. Yeah. And then he shoots him. Just boom. Just, just no thinking. Just. Yeah. There it goes. Like reaction time. Split yeah. second. And then you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Why is he such a dick? <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't kill people. He pines over chicks that he can't have, but he doesn't kill people. <laughs> Apparently he does both now. Yeah. And then. 
He's versatile. Yeah. And then he cuts open the the, the potato the sack or whatever ja- the guy yeah, is the in. Yeah, jacket. And then there's a bunch of silver bars. And we're still left going like, what the fuck is going on? Which is great. I like that. Yeah. But it doesn't last long because eventually he does the exposition dump with the narration. I think that as exposition dumps go, that was a pretty well done one. It also works with that noir kind of yeah. feel that the movie has. Yeah. And which is good. Which I mean, you know, the fact that you haven't seen Brick and still made the noir connection is good, I guess. It's <laughs> I know shit. <laughs> I still can't believe you haven't seen Brick. That just yet you own it, but and then at the same time twice, two copies, me and Rachel both have one. At the same time, I own <laughs> literally over a 100 movies that I have just that I haven't watched yet. Same. Me too. I spent a lot of time at our pawn shop in Great Falls. They had a uh, $20, you get 10 movies. Holy and shit. I did that all the time. That's a good deal, man. I'd pretty much end up buying them out, at least of everything I didn't have already. I went there like at least once a month just to get <laughs> stuff. And like I'd go all the way through and just have like kind of a weird panic attack. Like, I don't need to buy anything. Then I find one thing and I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I got to go crazy. <laughs> It got a little more complicated when I started deciding that Blu-rays were my thing because oh, they, yeah. they were three for $10. That's still not a bad deal. Not for Blu-rays, no. And no. I, One of the first Blu-rays I ever bought, Green Lantern. <laughs> I, had, I didn't see it. I had not seen it. But that same day I bought The Fighter mm. and one other movie that I think was also probably crap. But I got Green Lantern home. I'm like, oh, this is good. Why does everybody hate this? I watch it again. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> This movie sucks. I laugh at Green Lantern, but I will be honest. I have not seen it. And for all I know, everybody's wrong. And it may end up being one of my favorite movies if I ever finally sit down and watch it. I don't know. It shouldn't be. But I know it's reputation. Yeah. They tried, I guess. Not very hard. Like Ryan Reynolds could have been a good pick. Blake Lively. She is hot as fuck. So that that is totally okay. I don't care for Blake Lively. I think that's where they met, too, which is weird. I don't think she's a bad actress, but I don't like most of the roles that I've seen her in. Yeah, but I like her, so I'm okay with just kind of staring at her. She was good in The Town. Yeah, oh, no, everybody was great in The Town. Yeah. What the fuck movie are we talking about this week again? We're talking about Looper again. Looper, that's right. I hope you actually forgot for a second. No. Damn it. Damn it, that was acting. Fuck. So everybody has a TK mutation. We meet Paul Dano, and he's kind of a weirdo. Paul Dano is always a weirdo to me. Like <laughs> he really he's, is. He's a really good actor. He, I mean, he is a crazy good actor, but he has such a weird face that every time I see him, I'm like, why the fuck did he get cast in this movie? And then I watch him, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's why he got cast. Because the character's good, a fucking creep. He, yeah, because <laughs> he suits the character really well. Or, you know, it took a creepy, weird-looking guy who can really act. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like in Prisoners, he, he was... I haven't that. seen Prisoners oh, yet. That's the one. That's a good one. Arrival. Did you watch Arrival at least? No. Oh, no. I know. And Amy I Adams know. is in that one, so. I know. There's literally every reason for me to watch that movie. Just haven't gotten around to she it. She makes me feel things. Yeah, she makes. She made me feel things for a lot of years. I, I saw her in Enchanted, and I'm like, who's she? She's fucking cute. And I've had a crush on her ever since then. I didn't know who she was back then. I love her so much. And she's like a decent human being. Go figure. She's also like almost 50 and she looks like she's still 30. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't want to know what they're doing to her, but they're doing it well. It's a ginger thing, dude. Those people age well. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of it's kind of nuts. Anyways, there's no gingers in this movie. Nope. Em- Emily Blunt dyed her hair blonde, which is super weird. 
But we, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So everybody's the, got TK. The TK mutation. Not everybody. Not, not everybody. everybody enough people that it's become a douchebag pickup line. That's <laughs> so funny. Like, that is exactly what would happen. Oh, yeah. If absolutely. that was a thing. But now, what, what happens after the TK mutation? Oh, we meet Piper Parabo. That's right. Ugh. Why this woman has ever been cast in anything. I oh, what? Understand. You don't like her? No. Oh, I don't man. like the way she looks. I don't like the way <sighs> she acts. I don't like anything about her. I'll give her this. She has nice tits. Yeah. They're small, but you I was know, like, say, they're kind of little. No, yeah. I'm I'm an all sizes man. I can go for big tits. I can go for small tits. I can go for anywhere in between. And hers are very nice. I do like some big titties, though. I love big titties. I'm not I'm not down on big titties, but I'm not down on little ones either. Boobs. So, yeah, Piper Parabo. I don't get it. I don't think she's that good of an actress, but I think she's cute. Oh, so. she's not that good. of an. I would fight you on that one. I understand that a lot of people find her attractive, but she is an objectively bad actress. I'm going to have to agree. At her absolute best, she is passable. And in this movie, she is passable. She's not even good. She's passable. Mostly due to probably Ryan Johnson being a good director. <laughs> yeah, I think he got the best performance of her career out of her. They meet her at this place, this, uh, I don't know what it's called, but in the more noir narration, he uses the phrase, big head, small potatoes, which I always thought was fun. Because everybody just thinks they're super cool living in this shithole of a town. Yeah. But that's where Abe is. I love his thing about Abe, how he came from the future and he well, Actually, he let's talk the about the gats. loopers. So that's that's kind of where they- The gat man. Yeah, the gat man. Noah Segan is insanely weird. Is he the guy who Ryan Johnson puts in everything? The Yeah, Kid Blue. The guy who- who's like doing the yeah. gun foo and then fucks it up and then he fucks it up okay that's actually a funny story i watched the commentary years ago and they were talking there's that part where they know paul dano is in joe's apartment right and then he walks in gun just pointed straight out in front of him for no fucking reason really emily blunt and joseph gordon levitt and ryan johnson are all laughing and i'm like what i'm like I'd, yeah he looks kind of dumb doing that but they're like it's probably only funny if you know him because i've seen him <laughs> in, i've seen him in a few movies and he's always weird no, that's the thing. He's is, never not weird. He, Ryan Johnson puts him in all of his movies, and he always plays the fool. Okay, good. He plays the fool in Knives Out. He's in Knives Out, He's too? in Knives Out. He plays one of the detectives, nice. but he plays the dumbass detective who keeps <laughs> who keeps derailing the conversation. And he's in Brick. He plays a junkie in Brick. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. And then he's in this, and I'm sure he's in other stuff, too. I'm sure he was <laughs> in Last Jedi. I just... <laughs> what, what if he's probably in some makeup But somewhere. I guarantee he's, like, hiding in the background yeah. somewhere because Ryan was... Was like, all right, look, I want this guy in my movie, but Disney was like, fine, as long as we can't see him in the movie. Like, he doesn't need to talk. Like, we don't need to see that fucking weird face, you know? He does have a weird face. He does have a weird and face. It's those eyes, those buggy, it's weird the eyes. Whole, it's the whole thing. His face weirds me out more than Paul Dano's face weirds um, me out. Because he's not as good an actor as Paul Dano. No, no. The funny thing about him is that apparently he worked so hard to get those gun twirls and that, that those tricks down uh-huh. that he had it perfect and he was doing so good. And that one time he fucked it up. He got <laughs> mad at Ryan Johnson for putting that in the movie because that's the one time he messed it up. And I think that's so funny. Oh, I and love it. He, have you have you heard of Dead Girl? Yeah, yeah I haven't he, seen it. He's in that. Oh, really? He's in that with the dude who is in Evil Dead, actually. I don't remember the cast of Evil. Aside from the gal who plays the lead, I, I don't Because, the yeah, cast. most of them are kind of unmemorable except for her. The only reason I know him is because I saw Dead Girl and I watched it like seven fucking times when I rented it. <laughs> I only know Dead Girl by reputation. It's gross. That's what I've heard. And, of course, guess what Noah Segan does? He's the crazy one. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> but every time I see him, I can't not picture him fucking a, bullet, a corpse, a bullet hole that he shoots <laughs> in her because he because the vagina gets too dry. 
Trent Hager has... What the fuck? Have these people never heard of Lubricant? I think he was just kind of irritated one day. The character was just irritated because the other guy was like, we should probably stop this. We should probably tell somebody. He's like, no, fuck you. And then he shoots the girl and then pus starts popping out. And then he just whips it out and starts fucking the hole. I've known the reputation of that movie for years, and yet it's still, even just you describing it, is grosser than I had even pictured. That's one that we should do. That would be a good time. I'd, that, be, that, I'd be willing to do that. That's a commentary right there, so we can get some real-time there reactions. Go. There you go. Oh, fuck. Now, let's talk about the actual loopers here. I kind of interrupted you, and I didn't mean to. It's okay. After listening to that last episode, I'm like, I don't know how the fuck he doesn't just reach over the table and punch <laughs> me every goddamn time we get together. I know. You, you do have a tendency to interrupt, but I'm a patient guy. It's okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's all right. Say what you were saying about Abe and what his thing is, because that's kind well, of why just, the loopers exist. Yeah. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got this little monologue about Abe, played by the great Jeff Daniels, who is just awesome I this fucking, cast is fucking great i fucking I love, love jeff daniels and of course jeff daniels had starred with joseph gordon levitt i believe a year or two before this in the lookout which was also a really awesome movie one that just kind of went under the radar and i remember it and i always wanted to watch it but i never got there i highly recommend it it's i think it's the moment joseph gordon levitt showed that he was an all-time great actor it's it's one of those moments much like bronson uh for tom hardy or uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest for jack nicholson it's one of those moments where i think in the future people who know his body of work will point to it and say that was the moment he broke out the lookout that's weird that's awesome because he'd done brick and brick was a very noir he played sort of a a noir badass in brick he really did and he's great in it and because it was the first time i'd seen him do a serious role before that it had been 10 things i hate about you and third rock from the sun and that's it what about what about the movie that he did with patricia arquette oh fucking no Holy Matrimony. Or, oh, where he played the Amish kid? Yeah. Oh, I never saw they that. They shot that in in and around Great Falls. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. I am, aware, there I am aware of that movie, but I have not seen it. Um, but yeah, like that's the only thing he had done at that point. And then he did Brick, which is this serious, gritty, dark movie. And he plays like a noir badass, high, the high school version of a noir badass. And then he does The Lookout. And The Lookout is such a polar opposite role to that. The type of role that requires a lot of nuance and a lot of subtlety to the performance. Because he's playing a character who has fairly catastrophic brain damage. And then he does Looper, which again, you know, real tone shift from that. So he's got like back to back, like back to back to back, rather, three really good movies. And two of them have Jeff Daniels in them. And Jeff Daniels is awesome. I love Jeff Daniels. Huh, yeah, I'm just I'm looking them up. And yeah, anything that has like a seven or over on IMDb is usually actually good. Yeah. So like can, what's the IMDb rating? Look out. Seven. Yeah. And then Brick has a 7.3. So I'm like, yeah, that's uh. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I recognize that they're not necessarily mainstream hits. Yeah. The only movies that have like ratings higher than that are like Rocky. Yeah. Maybe Back to the Future. Like that Josh kind of stuff. Hank. All right. Continue telling me about the loopers. Okay. Well, you're not really telling me. You're telling <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, we get the background on the loopers, but I was referencing what he was saying about Abe, in particular, Jeff Daniels' character, how he was sent back in time to run the looper operation from that end as a as a one way trip. And that was low effort, even for Abe. Exactly. That was he says those are his words verbatim. That was which was low effort even for Abe. So he got bored and decided he wanted more than just to sit around and babysit this operation. (laughs) 
So he assembled the Gat men and uh, took over the town, which in any other town would be impressive. And yeah, what town are we in? Does it even? I don't, I don't think they actually say. It's like a Chicago thing, and this town is fucking nuts. Chicago would actually be impressive to take over because okay, Chicago yeah, has been mob yep. run since its That's inception. That's true. Uh, but like the city, like it apparently has okay to live in places there's some nice neighborhoods that we see bruce willis murder children in later yeah but then it also has a place where piper parabo lives which is apparently all prostitutes yeah it's called it, so it's, alley yeah it's a big enough city that it has that much of a demand for the prostitution that there's an entire segment yeah. of the town and then you see a dude like grab some guy's bag and then the dude just shoots him with a shotgun in the middle of the street and nobody cares i think that's sort of an image of the dystopia the world has become where it's like if somebody does something that's obviously that level of transgressive like stealing you know like where it's an obvious illegal act then nobody makes a big deal if you kill them for it there are cops there i did actually see a whole cop car they they showed some <laughs> uh some police cruisers and so, like drones too in the oh yeah yep. scene where bruce willis is getting chased by the guys it's very telling later on in the movie how the gat man shows up and he's essentially acting in police capacity which says basically this guy runs the city on and off the books yes and that guy is in raising hope and he plays the dumb dad and i could never take him seriously after that <laughs> what else was he in he was in something else i think he was in uh the assassination of jesse james which oh, i geez. really love I... <laughs> that's funny because the first time i've probably i think i'd have seen him in other things like i obviously seen him i saw him in looper before i saw raising, raising hope, hope yeah. but i watched raising hope and then I went back and watched Looper after we had finished watching Raising <laughs> That's Hope. all you can see. And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, nope. Never again. Can't do it. <laughs> like, I want him to get blown up by that kid because it's so funny. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, but he's a good actor and it's okay. It's just it's just funny after seeing him be all dumb for three whole seasons of however many episodes that show was. So good show, by the way. I have not watched it, though I've heard really good things. So yeah, the Gatman and Abe and his whole thing, it plays into what I feel like is something that's necessary in a sci-fi movie that's going to stand the test of time, and that is cohesive world building. Which is what the first 20-ish minutes of the movie is, Yeah, which is good. And it feels like they've built a world that has a logical flow to it. And while I understand that not everything is accounted for, enough is accounted for that your imagination will fill in the rest of the gaps. Right. The Gatman and the Loopers and Jeff Daniels and his whole deal. Yeah, it, <laughs> it all fits in very well to a cohesive sci-fi mythology that I honestly, I would like to see Disney fucking get on this shit. I'd like to see other stories from the universe of Looper. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, okay, I don't really want to see a sequel to necessarily no. but like a tv show yes yeah, about like a looper or something yeah. maybe not the inception of the time travel because that would just be too much honestly they could this movie is at this point i think distant enough in memory or maybe if you give it five more years at five years it'll definitely be distant enough in, in memory and that would work that's a netflix show that's, exactly. that's perfect for that you could do an episode hour-long run right. you know you could do a short run netflix style show and just expand it a little bit like westworld did westworld know? was good we tell made the, the same first story season. yeah we can add lots of stuff kind of like what they're doing with the witcher god that's boring i haven't watched it yet i don't want to tell rachel that i don't actually like it because we're right in the <laughs> middle of it 
I'm very curious because I am a fan of the game. It's not about the game at all. It's it's based on a book series. I understand that, but the and games are based on the book series too. Yeah, no, it I has very that. little to do with the actual game, if if anything. Like there's a couple shots where people are like, "Ooh, let's compare this." He's in the tub, and he was in the tub in the game. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. Like well, all I'm Hen- saying is I'm curious. Henry Cavill is fucking great. Like I like him a lot. It's not his fault that those DC movies were bad. Oh, I completely agree. Because he was actually good. Yeah. I think the casting in those movies was no, yeah, spot on. The casting the casting was i think affleck was a great choice to play batman i think cavill was a great choice to play superman it, they just got shit scripts the writing and the directing is where yeah. we have the issues Zack snyder get the fuck out of there <laughs> yeah anyways well that... they got joss whedon now well uh, that's true do they though i don't know as long if they don't fuck him over like marvel did well they have james gunn doing the new suicide squad so really yeah because he got fired for some oh, yeah, tweets that, and yeah, then they're like thing. you know what i don't think we should do a guardians 3 without james gunn so we'll hire him back now so he's gonna do suicide squad and then he's gonna do guardians 3 i don't know i'd like to see james gunn do some more originals i like the guardians movies i just like to see more originals from him because his originals are great i love slither i love super i even enjoyed the scooby-doo movies did you really <laughs> i kid, love i watched them with my kids i love that he wrote those <laughs> and actually looking back you can kind of tell that James Gunn wrote those fucking movies because oh, yeah. they're weird yeah. and kind of creepy and just weird. Anyway, Looper. Loopers. All right, so the Loopers, they're essentially these assassins. The year is 2040, where we're actually... The Phantom should be there. Phantom 2040? Yeah? You picking up on that one? No. No? Fuck. Anyways. So there, it's 2040, and the whole conceit of the movie is that... Or the, the Looper thing is that in 30 years... Time travel will be invented, but it becomes so well, illegal. Well, not, not quite 30 years, but in the future. In the well, future. Uh, no, he says... Maybe he does say Time travel years. has not been invented yet, but in the future it will have been, and then That's something right. about 30, 30 years, from, years now. from now. it will have been. Yeah, okay, there we go. And it becomes so illegal for some reason, we don't really figure out why, I don't think, that the only people that are able to use it are the mob, essentially. <laughs> Everybody's chipped, as it says. It's the apocalypse, guys. But everything looks really pretty. Uh, <laughs> It's hard to dispose of a body, so when they kill somebody, they have to, instead of killing them there and disposing of the body in the future, they shove them in this weird little time machine ball, and then they send them back in time to some time. And I don't really understand how that works either. Like, how does he know he's supposed to be there? Well, keep in mind, it's all being coordinated by Jeff Daniels' character. Well, yes. So basically, someone from the future communicates via time travel, because again, they have access to time travel. So via time travel communications, they say, at this place, at this time, have somebody. And that's where the loopers come So from. he must be very far into the future then, after because... Theoretically, they could be sending him from anywhere, because the 30-year thing is only on the looper themselves. Right, well, Jeff Daniels must be from the future in order to have that information. Far in the he's future. He's from the future, but he's not just from the future. He's also in communication with... With the people in the future because they still have access to the time travel. Oh, well, that's true. For fuck's sake. See? It's not like they sent him back and he had to memorize all the times. <laughs> it just has, he just they, has a list they can of just people. Send, they can just send him a report every week. Okay, at this time in this place, that's when we're going to send him. They can even send it after the fact. Oh, good call. It's attached to one of the one of the loops. Then, then the looper has to give it to Abe. Oh, shit. Figured it out. That's entirely we, possible. We got it. Okay, anyways. The thing that doesn't make <laughs> sense is this is all of it why don't they just kill him before they send him okay maybe it has something to do with a thing and if their heart stops beating from unnatural causes see that was the thing that i was thinking i thought all right it could be that if they kill someone then it's it triggers an alarm but if they send them back before they're dead but they never explain it is the no thing. you just like you can reason it out to where it works <laughs> yeah but 
does it. But here's the big problem, and this is not my gonna ruin your movie experience thing. Oh shit! I, I forgot about that. So it, we need to this get is on it. just an inconsistency. They shoot his wife right, right in the future when they're going after Bruce Willis. But here's the thing: if killing somebody and disposing of a body is so hard in the future, why are they packing lethal weapons to begin with? Because they have that device that the guy whips out and zaps Bruce Willis with it, incapacitates him. So why are they carrying lethal weapons at all? Why wouldn't they just carry non-lethal weapons? That's a good question. I did not think about that. See, this is like a writing oversight. They should have sent his wife back first and had a looper kill her, and then sent him back. Then it would have been like Terminator-ish. It would have been weird. I like it. But, but then, yeah. it w- then it would have made sense. It would have been a like, well, bit. we couldn't kill her in the future, so we had to send her in the past to get killed. I did not, after how many, however many years of watching this damn movie, I, yeah. <laughs> it's not a movie-ending flaw. No. But it, no. Is, it is an oversight. When you think about it, it's like, shit, and then you just... Just don't think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because that's what happens. I definitely recommend not thinking. Uh, Fucking loopers, man. So maybe we should actually get into the story 45 minutes into the podcast. All right. So the story proper, I suppose, begins. Well, I guess we it has to be set up first because Paul Dano's character. We have the introduction. We have the information dump. And then Paul Dano's character shows up at Joe's apartment. And for the sake of simplicity, I'm calling Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Joe and Bruce Willis's character Bruce because they're both named Joe. I can't remember their character's name. Is it Joe? Joe. That's yes. why I can't remember. <laughs> and Paul Dano is Seth, I believe. I do remember that because my brother is named Seth. Okay, so Paul Dano shows up at Joe's apartment. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? Let me in. Let me in. And he's all freaked out. And Joe's like, well, what'd you do, man? And then he's like, oh, no, it's so bad. And then he's like, oh, he immediately I know knows. exactly what he did. So I don't know why I'm asking. What'd you do? And then he tells a story. Paul Dano tells the story about how when his loop showed up, he started singing a song that his mom used to sing to him. And then he's, he had to see his face. Because it was him from the future. Because in 30 years, they do this thing called closing the loop. And what happens is they send you back and they have you kill yourself. And they give you, he calls it a golden payday, and enjoy the next 30 years. So... Paul Dano wasn't able to kill himself because of the song, and then he let the guy run away, and he had the blunderbust, and he says, I know I have 15 strides before he's out of range, and they come, and they go, and just, ah. And Paul Dano acts the hell out of it, because Paul Dano is a really good he's actor, fucking even awesome. though he's fucking weird looking. <laughs> Yes. He let him go. Yes, he let him go. And he. this is where we also get the setup for the Rainmaker, who is, quote unquote, a holy terror boss man from the future, who is apparently just closing loops for whatever fucking reason. Guess what? You never learn why he is closing loops, I don't think. Well, that, that is never mentioned. Well, we never learn definitively why he's closing loops. No, but I guess I can assume that maybe. Maybe it's because a looper showed up and tried to close his loop. Oh, you think he's a looper? Do you think he's Do you think he's Joe or something? No. All I, right. I, I almost it. had let's that. Bu- let's bust into my theory right here, okay? You brought it up. Now it's time. All right. We're going to fuck this up for you. Feel free to skip ahead if you don't want to have this movie ruined for you, because here it is. Bruce Willis's character was right all along. He was a monster, but he was right because here's the thing. Before Bruce Willis ever came back in the timeline where Joe killed older Bruce when he comes back, the Rainmaker still existed. Therefore, that kid was going to become a monster no matter what. And then he shows up and this looper chases him down and tries to kill him and almost succeeds and then almost kills his mom. And then this guy who is also a looper, who he has sort of developed this weird fatherly bond with, has to kill himself to stop this looper from killing him. And you know that shit's going to come up in the future when his mom tells him the story and she thinks that he's going to be a good person. But here's the thing. Before (laughs) Bruce Willis ever did this, he was the Rainmaker. 
something fucked him up that was completely separate from this whole story. Because in that original timeline, Bruce Willis didn't come back and didn't fuck this kid over and send him down a bad path, like we're led to believe. And undoubtedly would have happened if Joseph Gordon-Levitt hadn't killed himself. Yes, that would have been a different type of acceleration into that dark timeline. But that kid was going to be fucked up no matter what. So logically, the only thing to do really was to help him kill that kid because that kid was going to become a monster. Is that our sequel? The only logical (laughs) premise for a sequel is that everything in the first one failed and the kid did become the rainmaker and now emily blunt has to man up and kill him or you were gonna call him rain man weren't you (laughs) (laughs) i'm neither confirming nor denying that so yeah yeah paul dano gets fucking murdered by the way in a super weird way because joe sells him out for half his silver stash which actually here's the crazy thing as time travel movies go there's a logical part of your brain that goes that's not logical because blah 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 but if the universe really is as fluid as they presented in that tiny tiny segment where bruce willis says this is a precise explanation of a fuzzy mechanism if it really is that fluid and potential exists in either direction until something actually happens then that's actually how it would work precisely is if you cut off someone's hand suddenly at that moment the future version of them would lose their hand because it was all fuzzy until it happened it was all potential oh. until it happened that's so weird see it's breaking my brain right now <laughs> all i'm thinking of is how disturbing that scene is no that is absolutely the most upsetting scene you will ever see outside of a horror movie it's, <laughs> it is. it's pretty aside from maybe a pixar opening but no that scene is straight up horror isn't it, it fucking yeah so joe and abe talk to each other and he's like you know we can't kill him because it'll be too catastrophic a change for the future what we're gonna do is dangerous in that regard whatever so they find paul dano oh no 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 no! i don't want to short sell this particular scene because oh, the, the one where they're talking the scene where jeff daniels and joseph gordon levitt are talking is masterful it's it's nice because daniels presents himself so perfectly and that whole scene reveals not only jeff daniels's character because Jeff Daniels is the perfect movie mobster character in that a really great movie mobster is a monster who's charismatic and compelling. He's like Daniel Day-Lewis in Gangs of New York where Leonardo DiCaprio says, it's really warm when you hide in the under the wing of a dragon, you know? <laughs> a little dramatic. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> that's why those characters are so compelling because while they're monsters, they also have these senses of integrity and sense of some kind of a value system you can relate to that makes makes them relatable and that's why they're able to accrue power for themselves is because they're relatable and jeff daniels does that so perfectly in this scene where he just says to him he's like look i know you're worried we're gonna start pulling out your fingernails and shit like that he's like i'm gonna defuse (laughs) that fear right now we're not gonna and then he lays out his plan for what they're going to do which targets joe perfectly it pins him under that needle and says you cannot escape from this because i have seen straight to the core of you and i know (laughs) exactly what makes you tick and it's perfect it's a perfect scene it really is as a matter of both exposition and character development all right i'm on your side i feel you (laughs) i get it so he basically tell he he basically tells him look if you don't give this to me i'm gonna hit you where it hurts which is i'm gonna take half your money and then i'm gonna let you walk away are you gonna dump half your money over this guy and he's not Uh, no but then he has to go see a hooker and do lots of drugs yeah because i mean depressing we all need to do that on a saturday night yeah (laughs) at least i know i do he's addicted to these weird eye drops i still don't know what they are i don't either but i like it as a device where's my looper comic book like that would be perfect oh it would have made a good graphic novel if it didn't 
Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's face it. There is a 50-50 chance Dark Horse did a limited run on this one. That is true. They should have if they didn't. Yeah, I agree. Somebody needs to. Anyways, so so what do they do to Paul Dano? They do catch up to him eventually. We don't see what happens to him exactly. Well, we see what we happens see the to him aftermath. in the abstract. Ooh, they carve they carve this thing on his arm, telling him, oh, telling his future self, hey, meet me meet at this place. And then he does that, sort of. And he's late. And he is, you just see him slowly losing body parts. It starts with a pinky. Yeah. And then it's his nose. And then he's trying to drive a car and then his fucking foot disappears. Oh, and that's, that's when it really, that's when it really gets upsetting. Is and when he's his walking, foot just disappears. <laughs> he's walking down in the middle of the road and his, and his, his leg, whole leg just fucking. His pants just go empty under Oh, him. man. But then, I'm going to see if you can answer this for me. So a gat man pops his head out of a door, shoots the, shoots the future Paul Dano. We see the doctor who has been performing this quote unquote surgery right. and Paul Dano laying on the table. So they're not going to kill him. They said they weren't going to kill him. So what happened to Paul Dano's character? Paul Dano is now a paraplegic <laughs> with like one arm. Where left. is he? He's probably in some kind of a, you know, like long term care facility would be my guess. Is this going to be like the source code? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Have you seen yes, the source I've code? Yes, I've seen source code. Because Jake Gyllenhaal's character is essentially just like a husk of a body. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that part. Yeah. And now Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes back to work. Yeah, he just goes back to work like normal. As you do when you're a junkie. and Yeah, he needs he needs that damn money. And they go and trade their silver bars in this weird like pawn shop thing. Well, it's not. I mean, that's a front. The pawn shop thing is like a front. It's really a service for the loopers. Yeah, that's true. I put how's the blood still wet on the silver bar and whatever more looper shit that's my note <laughs> it has been a few hours that would have to be a lot of blood to still be wet. yeah and it's not no it's just like on the bottom of this one little thing that's out of place yeah which talk about ocd for fuck's sake <laughs> lord after a little bit more of a montage of him just doing work shit goes down this is where it really kicks into gear he's waiting for his loop to <laughs> this show is up. effectively where the story starts yes he is waiting for his loop and the loop is late he's like what the fuck and i assume that doesn't happen often or ever you get the idea that it's a fairly precise yeah. uh, well-oiled machine you hear the whoosh and then there's bruce willis's fucking face and you're just like what the hell and then he throws a gold bar that joseph no, Gordon- no. oh no wait oh no he, he, that's he right he sees joseph gordon levitt going for the shot and he spins around so that he hits him in the back and, and it gets absorbed by the gold bars which must kick like a mule let's be honest he's got a fucking mission he does, and he immediately jumps up, hits Joseph Gordon-Levitt with a gold bar in the face, and then punches him out and... Steals his truck. Steals his truck. Of course, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, then he's like, oh, fuck, the same thing is happening now. We like we just saw what happened when this happens. Yeah, we so, know this is a bad scene. Yeah, they already know. Like, I'm sure the second it fucking happened, but... <laughs> Well, I, I guess I wonder how long it took him to get back to his place because he didn't have his car. Yeah, who knows? So his his apartment was already being searched by the Gatman. They're already there taking all of his silver now. Yep. And of course, Kid Blue is fucking leading the charge because Captain Douchebag. I can't has believe be his there. name is Kid Blue. <laughs> I know. I know. It's adorable, isn't it? <laughs> and it is talked about earlier on that he shot himself in the foot. Yeah. Which is why he's limping the whole time. <laughs> and then he does accidentally shoot the gun. Because he gets hit in the face with the door that first time that Joe has to go see Abe before the... Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
As he is Again, such, he plays the fool in every yeah. Ryan Johnson movie. So Joe makes his way into the apartment, and he's like, I'm going to... He pushes fucking Kid Blue into the goddamn safe. And nice then, move, by the yeah, way. Slams his fucking hand, so Kid Blue's hand is fucked. Yeah. Which that's, comes that's into play hurt. later and hurts me even more. Ugh, that hammer scene is fucking Ooh, rough. Yeah. Mm. No, thank you. Yeah, you think it's gonna be fine? You think Jeff Daniels? Is, you saw you saw him be sort of merciful in a physical way, at least. Yeah. So yeah. you think it's fine, but no. Nope. No, that's the scene that you have to have again with this type of character. You have to have a scene where you get to see the viciousness they're capable of, and it hurts. It's just like that scene in The Departed when uh, Nicholson smashes oh, DiCaprio's yes, cast. That yeah. fucking that hurts me every time. Yeah. I ooh, that one's hard. Another brilliant movie. That's almost right up there with the curb stomping from American History X for me. <laughs> oh fuck. Or the, the that's the, pretty hardcore. The Achilles tendon in uh, Hostel. Yes, <laughs> I love my horror and my gore stuff, but some of it just yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hardcore stuff. <laughs> so we don't get to see anything that happens really. We don't know what Bruce Willis is up to yet. No, because we're just following Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, and he is trying to make his way out, but he of course is getting shot at by the other Gatman, and he Naturally. slips when he's trying to climb out to climb down the fucking ladder because you know apartments in big cities like that have ladders. Indeed. Uh, and then he falls on a car and then we cut back really quick to Joseph Gordon-Levitt waiting on his loop again at that point what happens is we get Bruce Willis's story which he did not come from the same timeline as Joseph Gordon-Levitt because when his older self came through he killed him the first yes time. yeah and that that's what we get to see this time yeah. so we get to see that next 30 years yeah so we watch those 30 years unfold for uh, joe we watch him meet his wife which by the way he meets his wife at like year 27 or something like yeah, that and he had to know like did he forget <laughs> did he do too many drugs no he didn't know about her because again he killed his older self the first time he came through no no i know but i mean the 30 years is almost up at that point so he should have been like oh, oh well, yeah maybe i should not oh yeah not like yeah get involved with the love of my life right before i get murdered yeah but then there is that thing like oh you think maybe you're safe you think maybe it's okay but it's not i definitely think that that's fair because he even has a moment where he says this job doesn't tend to attract people with the forward-thinking individuals yes yeah forward-thinking individuals thank you he's right because fucking a so yeah we see him like it starts out fine and he's just hanging out in china doing his druggy thing but he's just partying using up all of his money then he has to it's only 10 years in and he has to resort to and he's becoming crime. a stone cold killer yeah. now now he's yeah which by the way that's the only thing that works is he's killing people in a way that he doesn't need to dispose of the bodies so that must be the only way it gets away with it logically in this world of not being able to dispose of bodies just cold-bloodedly killing just them gunning people down in spectacular in public ways yeah see don't think too hard about that because it'll fucking break your brain <laughs> i don't get it we don't really see what happens to his wife yet either though it just happens and year 30 comes you kind of get the impression that his wife managed to get away from it okay uh until later on in the story we get the explanation yeah. when they're what is that when they're sitting at the diner i think gives yeah, them the, the diner. explanation yeah. yeah turns out his wife didn't survive that the diner scene is also really good by the way it is it's it's an exposition dump it really is but yeah. you get to you get to see these two characters interact with each other which is actually kind of cute to a point where you think they might almost become friends <laughs> <laughs> 
but no. <laughs> nope. But it, it, it's fun. How much did we skip to get to that diner scene? Because that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. We skipped the point where Bruce Willis rescues him from the uh, after he falls off of the fire escape because the Gap Man's still up there and would have shot his prostrate sleeping body. But Bruce Willis is downstairs and he shoots up at him and nails the guy. Oh, and I oh, and I love that little the way the guy gets hit. It's like an old western. Did you see the the Gap Man get shot? Yeah, he like, like he goes he goes back and, and grabs then kind of his, falls over yeah. and then. Boom, next thing we see, he's falling off the... I like it. There's there's some attention to detail in this. It's just kind of fun. I think Ryan Johnson's a fan of like the old genre movies, like the westerns and the noirs. It shows in his work. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he saves his ass, but he not before robbing a convenience store and printing off a map that has the location of three children, which we don't really learn yet. But, but our children he's intent on killing, as we come to find out. And I think he One only... of whom he successfully kills before realizing that one of the other ones is the one he's actually after. He is, yeah. At least he has a little bit of remorse there. I think that was a really good thing to put in there to show that moment where he like is in just utter horror of what he's done. Because if it hadn't been for that, I'd be like, fuck this guy. <laughs> no, we have no sympathy for you. Yeah. Like, again, his motivations make sense. He's just going about it kind of not right. No, he's uh, a bad guy. He's he's essentially a criminal. That's, he is. That's his thing. He is. He's a cold-blooded killer. And again, it's good that they give you that whole information dump, or rather, they show you the transformation from sort of stumbling killer to effective <laughs> cold-blooded killer. Right, right. Because if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't believe that he could kill those kids, and you wouldn't believe later on in the movie when he storms Abe's safe house. Fucking awesome scene, by the way. You wouldn't believe that no. if it wasn't for the <laughs> fact that we saw the transformation. This is one of those movies where you can just pick out scenes and go like, that's cool. That's fun. I like it. They're just sitting and talking, but it's still really tense and interesting. Even in movies that have flaws, again, like Last Jedi, Ryan Johnson has a superb visual style and he knows how to put together a really good scene. Yes. I keep writing down more weird time travel stuff. It's <laughs> a lot. Me. A lot of it's this. I, that's why I said more weird time travel stuff. Oh, <laughs> oh you just, you <laughs> literally, literally wrote, wrote that down. down. Quote, unquote, more weird time because travel Because it's stuff. essentially what you'd expect at that point here. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's running around smashing his phone, doing stuff, and Bruce Willis is like, what the fuck are you doing? Because like he can't see him, but he can fucking... <laughs> That's a really interesting mechanic that they introduce there, is the idea that he can remember what Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing, but only as he does it. Because the memories don't solidify until Joseph Gordon-Levitt takes the action. Hence the fuzzy mechanism thing, yeah. yeah. It, and, and that's actually how he makes his way to the diner, because uh, the waitress that Joe always sees there is named Beatrix. Yep. And he carves that into his arm, just like we saw earlier. And, of course, he gets there, and Bruce Willis is like, you know, there's another girl who works here. Named, named Jen. Jen. And he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> Joe doesn't have his shit together just yet. He's like, yeah, less letters. And grammar check. I he, know. He, it, <laughs> it pissed me off, too, that he said less letters, not fewer letters. But, again, it's in keeping with the character. Yes. It works with the character. <laughs> so... Less letters. Like, yeah, that would have been smart. <laughs> Beatrix comes over and he's and she's like, well, what, you want some coffee? He's like, yeah, sure. And then she's like, are, are you eating? And then he's like, are we eating? <laughs> he's like, I already ordered something, which why? No, no, that's that's an interesting scene because he says, I already ordered something, but he doesn't say what. And then he says steak and eggs. And she says two steak and eggs. Oh, no, that part. That part's fine. I get that part. It's just why the hell are you ordering food right now? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's been a hectic couple of days. He needs to recoup his strength. Holy shit. If he doesn't get some rest and get some food in him, he's going to die of exhaustion. Well, maybe that's true. Emily Blunt does not feed him. You do not see him eat again. No, you don't. So, good scene, though. It's a good scene. And this is where we get all... He asks a bunch of questions about time travel, and Bruce Willis is like, no, you're just a fucking dumb kid. Stop asking me about time travel. <laughs> also, I can barely remember my wife, so you're going to meet her, and you're going to soak up her lone love like a sponge, which I always thought was a super creepy way of putting it. He, I know what he means. I think but. he actually was putting it in a remarkably self-aware way in order to say that his wife made him realize that that's essentially what he was. He was a sponge that soaked up what others had. It was a self-aware moment, and he was saying, my wife essentially helped me realize that I'm a selfish beast, <laughs> and you know i didn't deserve her he's right she's hot and he's bruce willis she is smoking fucking hot that was the woman they got to play her goddamn i do think i do like emily blunt better than that chick though nope i am nope not on board with that. i'm i'm on team emily emily blunt is a very good looking woman but fuck no dude bruce willis's dead wife in this movie is smoking fucking hot yeah, there's not a lot of chicks in this movie are there nope <laughs> there's piper parabo who again i can't fucking stand uh so oh and we we can we get more more jokes about learning French and stuff. Oh, yeah. Abe had told Joe that he should go to China. He's like, I'm from the future. You should go to China. He's like, I'm going to France. And then, of course, of course he, he goes to China. But he does. He does go to he, China. He takes like, Abe's advice. He's like, is this where you tell me that I should should learn Mandarin? And he's like, no, I never regretted learning French. And then he says, in French, he's like, I like I know that you have a gun in between your legs right now. <laughs> and he's and Joe's like, what? <laughs> he's like, you'll get there. I love how condescending he is. It's so funny. <laughs> It's good stuff. And Bruce Willis is obviously smarter than him. Well, yeah. Because he's got 30 years on him at least. <laughs> 30 years almost to the day. Damn. He he kind of aged rough, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, did you see, did you see him going from like from like uh well, <laughs> hair 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 half year, hair year Bruce n- Willis. Year 7 <laughs> to year 10. Ooh. Year 7 to year 10 got rough. He went from looking like Joseph Gordon-Levitt to looking like Bruce Willis at 70. Ah, no good. Wow. I love it. The Gatmen then show okay, up. I apologize. Oh. This movie's actually 10 years old, so 60. Okay, yes. You might have been... Yeah, 60. Yeah. I guess that makes sense, though. <laughs> Joe has to be in his 30s somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah, the Gatman show up, and I think the kids were being super loud upstairs, so I guess they heard a noise, right? And then he, just as Joseph Gordon-Levitt's ready to pull the gun out, Bruce Willis kicks, kicks the gun, and it hits him in the balls, and then he pulls him up over the table and punches him in the face and knocks him out, and the diner just happens to be empty at that point. Which is a great moment because, again, Bruce Willis has more experience. He's yes. a cold-blooded killer. Well, Joseph and he's, Gordon-Levitt He also not. has the advantage of knowing everything that Joe's doing. That's true. But more than that, he is a cold-blooded killer. He is a professional right, assassin. Right. It's what he does for a living. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, like they say, they give him the blunderbuss because you can't miss with it. It's for fuck-up turkeys. Yeah, you can't miss. <laughs> it's true, fuck. This is why I like talking to mo- talking about movies with other people. <laughs> and then they realize that the diner is unnaturally empty. Yeah. And only after he knocks him out, though, does he like take a look around and go like, yeah, <laughs> not even Beatrix gives a shit. She disappeared. I was going to say, I assume the Gatman have her yeah. taken out somewhere. Not yeah. Even. I think there's a Gatman back in the kitchen. And when she stepped back there, someone grabbed her. Yeah. It's like, shut your fucking mouth. And so they're trying to escape. <laughs> These fucking bikes that apparently they look really cool and they float and shit, but they don't actually work. (laughs) 
but it's really cool when he turns it on. It gives a little jet blast out yeah, the back. Yeah. But the, <laughs> it blows little boy blue off his feet. Like Bruce Willis runs away into the cane fields. It's not corn, it's cane fields. Yes. Cane. And I kept wanting to call it corn fields, but it's not. But then Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I always like this shot where he throws the fucking gun into the ground and it just sticks there. Yes, that is a great that is a great moment. Happy too. accidents. Then he, he like looks over to Kid Blue and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we can just shoot him. That'll work. No, they can't. No, they can't because one guy raises the gun to oh, him. Oh, that's right. They can't. He's like, alive. Yeah, they can't kill him, but they can They can him. maim him. <laughs> but that's when he gets on the bike and that burst of energy or whatever just knocks Kid Blue off his ass. It's awesome. He's basically sitting on top of a, jet, a small jet engine. It seems unsafe. <laughs> yeah, it seems really unsafe. And it works for like a minute, doesn't it? Or does he actually make it somewhere? No, it works fine. Remember. And then he jumps off of it. Oh, that's right. Oh, in the, he, in the cane. Yeah, that's right. They go. Th- he goes through the cane, and then he jumps off of it. All, I mean, it might have been corn over there. They were in the same county, but they weren't necessarily. You know, they weren't like at her house. Fuck farts. But he does make it to Emily Blunt's farm. But we meet her, and she's doing stuff. And she's blonde. She's chopping a stump out of the ground. She does this weird thing, though, after she's done. She sits in the chair and smokes an invisible cigarette. <laughs> this is the first time I had ever seen Emily Blunt, by the way. Oh, yeah? This this, this movie was my first time. I can't remember what my first experience with Emily and Blunt was. And I'm like, was. what the hell? She's cute, I guess. But what the hell is she doing? So, invisible cigarette. And <laughs> she sees Joe out there in the cane fields. And she grabs her gun and says, I've shot and buried three vagrants in the past year. She's trying to be intimidated. I think she manages it the first time. She comes off as kind of adorable. It's a little cute. I think she manages it. I will cut you the the fucking half. It's when later that night. (laughs) When you you couldn't scare a retarded hobo with that gun, literally. (laughs) That's when he realizes that she's not dangerous. He's like, yeah, you know, tell me what kind of gun you have and repeat everything you said, blah, blah, blah. And that'll help. Uh, And he's going through eyedrop withdrawal at this point almost. And we talked about the hand thing that happens to Kid Blue when he... I always think of him as Dode from uh, Brick. His name was Dode. Oh, uh, Noah Segan? Yeah. (laughs) Dode. He's creepy guy from from Dead Girl to me because that's the first time I saw him. (laughs) But he's going through bad withdrawals, so that that, that happens at night. What did he say? I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. That's pretty fucking intense withdrawals. How long has it been since you dropped? And he's like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? It's like, you're a junkie, you fucking idiot. (laughs) Like, he doesn't know. (laughs) And he's like, I'm thirsty, help me. She's like, fuck off. The idea that she conveys later is that she was a junkie too. Oh, yeah. And so she's using the lingo that she had picked up. And he's not necessarily oh, part of yep. the hardcore junkie circle because he's well off enough that he can afford to just buy his drugs and do his thing. He doesn't have to live the junkie life. Right, know? right. But yeah, her kid, who is kind of creepy, just oh, in general. that kid is totally creepy. <laughs> I keep forgetting to look him up to see what he's like now. He looks like a little mutant version of the kid who played Aang in the, uh, the Shyamalan <laughs> Last Airbender. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes. Looks like a little mutant version of that kid. But he comes out and gives him water because he's a nice kid. Yeah. And then his name is Sid. And Emily so, Blunt's like, know, get the fuck out of here, you know he's, kid. You know he's going to grow up to be a winner. Well, well, he's a nice kid. At least he's, at least he's trying to help this guy. He, he is. <laughs> but boy, he's got a dark side. Oh, we know. We will We will know eventually. But we're also intercutting all this stuff with Bruce Willis kind of hiding in a cave or a sewer or some shit because the manhunt is on at this point. Yep. Uh, and he's 
forgetting his wife because he's seeing memories of Emily, Emily Blunt, Blunt because they fuck later, just so you know. I love that she's got like dick on demand. She just clicks her little clicker once, click, and he comes a running and she's just like, all right, we're fucking now. She kind of attacked him. but <laughs> She like, did. And he's under a lot of pressure. And I'm like, are you, are you going to stop her and just tell her to run her fingers through your hair, you fucking pussy? I'm just kidding. I understand why he did that. He was very stressed out. He just murdered his friend, essentially. And, you know, yeah. it's okay. But now, Emily Blunt, man. If she said, come on, I'd be like, yes, oh, ma'am. Absolutely. I, I wouldn't say yes, ma'am, because I don't talk like that. I probably would say yes, ma'am, <laughs> because I turn into a huge dork in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I can project confidence until I get to that point, and then I'm like, listen, I want this to be, you know. <laughs> I'll just be like, I hope you like being called a slut, because that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm more like, would you like it if I called you a slut, or would you prefer if I called you darling? Um, do you have a preferred uh, uh, pet name in bed? Uh, you, any positions you like? Anything you'd like me not to do? I just get real, real understanding. When really, you're already there, and she's already letting you, so you just kind of got to let it flow and be like, if I do something stupid, she'll say no, I hope. Okay, okay, okay. Like, see, that actually hasn't worked for me in the past. One time I was in bed with a gal and it was going good. And she started saying, no, no, no. And I was like, what? And it turned out that was what she did when she was coming. And oh. I just stopped it right in the middle. She was like, the fuck are you doing? She didn't realize she was saying it. Oh, that's weird. I asked her, I was like, you were saying no, no. She was like, I was? That's odd. Yeah. Tell her, did you did you, did you you slap her and say, you need to come up with a better word than that? <laughs> I did tell her, well, you know, in the, in the future, maybe maybe yes would be a good one. <laughs> if if you like what's going on, maybe maybe no isn't the one to throw yeah, at me. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you know, it, it won't matter to some guys, but, but me, <laughs> that's I'm a nice guy. Tr- that's true. I don't know what her relationship history looks like. Ooh, we're getting somewhere here. This is this is psychology 101 here. This is fun. <laughs> so hey, we're at the scene where he actually says you couldn't scare a retarded hobo, literally. Yes, which again was true. He, he's 100% <laughs> right. I lo- she's so shitty to him. It's funny. And I, I obviously I understand why, but it's just kind of funny. He's cleaning his gun and he's sitting out there outside of the barn. She walks up to him with the gun and she's like, drop it. He's like, I'm just about to finish cleaning it. She's like, just drop, drop it. it. And he just kind of just tosses just it off to the side. He's like, whatever. <laughs> just, the, just the, oh, fuck this shit in his eyes. Like his expression is so good at that moment. Then somehow, I didn't see how it happened, but he got, he ripped off part of the map that Bruce Willis had that had her, her farm on it. Yeah, because Bruce Willis had it sticking out of his pocket and he just reached over and tried to take the map but part of it just ripped off so it's a pickup shot i missed of course of course it was yeah it was an insert shot like it was a close-up she also sees this number on the map that happens to be like the adoption number for her kid or no it was uh sid's birthday birthday along with the uh number of the like the county records number or something of the hospital (laughs) she's like what the fuck is this and then she shoots him she actually does shoot him but it's like rock salt or some shit Yes. And then Bruce Willis has scars now. <laughs> oh, and this is where Bruce Willis is about ready to kill some kids. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. No, that's where he actually goes through with it. Yeah, and it's he doesn't even say hi to the kid. He's just, no. you see you see this normal looking kid just having fun Would ready you? to go inside? Fuck. And he's like, he just points a gun at him and bow. If you had to kill that let's be honest relatively adorable little kid he they, they, they didn't pick an ugly one for that role <laughs> they did picked he, a kid who was kind of cute there did were, he maybe murder a bunch of people yeah i mean you, there's a one in three chance that he murders a bunch of people in the future that he murders your wife in the future i'd be okay with it fuck that, <laughs> fuck that kid not my kid i don't give a shit <laughs> 
that's mean. But would you talk to him first? No. I'd be like, hey, fucking would not kid. talk to him first. I'd make it a little more personal. You, you don't know? want to befriend him. Like, look, here's what I'm gonna do. Come, come here, child. Come <laughs> here. Let's let's jump into my van, and then here's some candy. But then you don't actually give him the candy. You just shove the candy cane down his throat. It's a candy cane. That's now. a horrifying euphemism. <laughs> it's a candy cane. Fuck you. I'm not you, raping the kids. I'm just sick. You're a sick, sick bastard. I'm not raping any children. I'm just murdering them. <laughs> oh, okay. For a minute there, I thought you were a terrible person. There is nothing scenario. sexual about this. That's gross. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm so glad to know that you're a pillar of society in this scenario. <sighs> Uh, so he kills a kid. Yes. And then he cries. Little bitch. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It, it, it's bad. We also find out that Sid is way too smart for just in general. This kid was doomed to just fuck some shit up. Let's face it. First off, he murdered his mom or the woman he thought was his mom. Which happens to be his aunt. Yeah. But he he doesn't know that. No, not yet. Or he doesn't know it at all, I guess. And now he's got a mom who is literally incapable of upsetting him because if she does upset him, she has to go run and hide in a giant safe. Yes. <laughs> Because he has these he might weird kill her. Yeah, he has TK powers, but his are really advanced. As are hers. We learn later that she has TK powers, and she used to fuck with all the guys that were trying to flirt with her by holding <laughs> down the quarters. Yeah, with her mind, which is kind of funny. Good for her. I like her. She's fun. But uh, Sid, he makes that frog device because Joseph Gordon-Levitt mentioned something about like needing something to communicate with. Yeah, I do like in that scene how he's like, well, how do you do, how do you make it more powerful? He's like, bigger battery. Like, oh, yeah. And yet it's not like there's a double A sticking out of this frog's ass. He somehow <laughs> managed to finish fit the bigger battery into the same <laughs> into the same little shape that the frog came in. It's 2040. A bigger battery means a tiny bit bigger battery. <laughs> and it can I don't power. know, man. Batteries haven't changed a lot in the last 40 years because I've been alive for the last 40 years. What about in the next 20 years? 20 years. 20 years from now. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but it's not likely. This is speculative fiction, okay? We're allowed. <laughs> a watch battery is as strong as a, pow- a, a car battery in this universe. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now that we got that shit figured out. <laughs> So drop some notes on me. <laughs> yes. Bruce moves on to kid number two. Guess whose kid it is. Oh, could it possibly be Piper Parabo's fucking kid? Yes. Good. Kill it. <laughs> he he actually doesn't go through with that one. No, he doesn't. And, you know, we're, we wait and wait and, until shit actually happens. Because Blue Balls is waiting in the bedroom to zap him. Yeah. That, ha- that happens later when they finally, you know, Blue Balls. <laughs> yeah. Dode. Is that what you called him? Dode. Yeah. We don't know where the fucking kid went, though. No. The kid no longer exists as far as we know. But keep in mind, the Gat men basically operate with the power of the police in this city. Yes. So when Thank a cop you. comes to your house and is like, look, some dude's going to show up. He's going to try and kill your kid. I'm going to I'm gonna save him. You pretty much let him. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, but the dad, the dad from uh, Raising Hope shows up at the farm. Yes, he does. And this is after Emily Blunt and Joe and, and Joe have kind of become friends. Not really friends, but they're like they're in it. Boinking. To, they're in it together. They haven't boinked yet. Oh, did they boink later that <laughs> yes. night? Yes. They have. It hasn't. You know, they're partners at this point. Like, they're on the same page. Like, she's like, okay, you need to save us. You, you got to do your thing. Just, you know, don't be a dick. But at this point, she's also kind of a little less not okay with him talking to the kid because the kid's going to talk to him anyways, and she might as well just give up. I like when she comes down the stairs because she's heard the knock on the door, and as she comes down the stairs, you see the little clicker that's been left in the living room. Yep. (laughs) Or whatever. I can't do that. Yeah, the ribbit thing. Yeah, it's like a little ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. What's a, what's a frog's favorite animal? A frog's favorite animal? Yeah. I don't know. Rabbit. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> wow. I made that up all by myself. Yeah, that sounded like you made it up all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, but he's there, again, as, as a cop, right, to search the house. I mean, he's still a Gat Man, obviously. He's still a Gat Man, but yes. Like, I think that's the moment at which we establish that these guys essentially carry the power of law. He says he's a police officer, essentially. He says that. I no, think. he no, he just says I've been going from farm to farm out in here. We're looking for somebody, and I just need to check he, yours he, off. He the never list. actually says he's a police officer. Uh, I don't remember now, but okay, okay, I'll I'll believe you. Uh, believe me. So Sid comes downstairs. He's sneaking. Like he's trying to. Why is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the house? Because he ran into the house to try and see what was going on. Oh, it, that's right. He should have just stayed hidden because the dude obviously didn't find him in the barn. Right. Because he says that I checked the barn already. So if he did just stayed out of the house, he'd have left him alone. It would have been fine. Yeah. But he has to get saved by the little kid because yep. the little kid is smarter than he is. Apparently. Also, the little kid is a stealth meister. Yeah. And he uses a fucking they hide in an underground bunker that his grandpa made and let us not forget when they walk through this house when emily blunt and the gap man walk into the kitchen that shit is creaky as hell it's like yeah how does he yeah this is where they get some fucking in because mm-hmm. she's upstairs and you can you see her kind of like she needs him to close her loop yeah she slides her hand like sort of up her like gown or whatever it is and she's like uh, you know what and she like clicks the thing real quick and she's like okay <laughs> let's see what happens and then he shows up he's like what's up this he gives a shit up. and then she she makes yeah, out with him when a woman drops me a sign that something might be wrong i charge into her bedroom <laughs> well in this case he kind of has to <laughs> i get it so they fuck and then it cuts to the like later on after they're done, whatever, and that's when we learn that Sarah, who is Emily Blunt's character, is a TK, and that's where we learn the, the we hear the story about her holding the quarters down and fucking with all these dudes trying to flirt with her. But then she's Good like, she's like, oh, you saved my kid today, and he's like, yeah. She's like, he saved your ass, didn't he? He's like, yes, he <laughs> yes. saved my ass. <laughs> yep, hundred percent. And they giggle about it, and it's fun. But they're not lucky enough. The Gat Man comes back. It turns out Joseph Gordon-Levitt, by the way, knows the guy. And he's like, he's a good guy. He's okay. But he's not going to hurt your mom and all that. Yeah. So they're not they're not all evil. They're just kind of, they have a job, essentially. Yeah. But he comes back and, because for some reason he knows Joe's there. Why does he know Joe's there? I don't know. It, it's never elaborated on. Because. Because Mama told him so. That's the grandma character in uh, Raising Hope. <laughs> okay. Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman knows oh, the, everything. The legendary Cloris yes. Leachman. So Emily Blunt had told him that he she has a 10 year old son and a husband and they were gone so <laughs> what happens this dude the gat man has his gat out and then there you go with the creaking the little kid walks down the stairs it creaks he makes a noise or some shit and then he swings the fucking gun to him and he's he's not gonna do anything yeah but he scares the shit out of the kid who falls yeah and then he starts freaking out again and it's a great slow motion sequence that yeah. whole that whole scene plays out in slow-mo and you see emily blunt run and it looks like she's running to rescue the kid right <laughs> and then she grabs joseph gordon levitt and drags him out through the front door as fast as she can and that's the point at which the little kid loses his fucking shit <laughs> i really like that too and i noticed that and that's so funny and turns I, the gat man inside out yes as far as we know do we see we don't even see what happens to him he just kind of see him start exploding yeah and then the rest of the house explodes well the rest of the living room i guess yep because he's the rainmaker and that's when bruce willis remembers it all in that moment and says the rainmaker and then dode flashes the lights on and zaps him with it with a taser 
Or excuse me, blue balls. Oh, and I kind of said Sid is like Carrie. Yeah. He's exactly like Carrie, yep. actually. Yep. Yeah, he's like Carrie, a uh, little younger version, but yeah. Yeah, and Joe figures out that, oh, Joe figures out that Sid will be the Rainmaker, too. They kind of both have this realization at the same time, and that's probably... Well, that's why... That's probably Bruce, why. That's why yeah. Bruce remembers it. And then he's like, he. we kind of assume that Joe's going to go try and kill the kid now, and Emily Blunt's like, no, don't do it. And then he's, he like goes there, and he kind of wants to, but he sees that he's, the kid is hurt. He's not like happy that he fucking killed somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, shit, it happened again. Because <laughs> that, we that learned, was Joe's fatal flaw. Yeah. And we learned that that's what happened to his mom because he fell off a bookcase and just kind of freaked out and she and exploded, she exploded or something. As you do, it happens. We've all been there, brother. Yeah, so that was yeah. the moment where Joe signed his own death warrant. Yes. He should have killed that little fucking kid. Fuck that kid. He's creepy, just in general. And I restate... He was going to be a monster before Joe ever got involved. <laughs> now we get the cool hallway scene because Kid Blue has been off on his own. He kind of he got kind of not fired, I guess, but he got his guns taken away, yeah. which I mean, in cop speak and to keep in mind, these are the this is movie. This is are, movie time. These are the criminal underworld version of cops. Yes. OK, fair enough. But he shows up at Abe's place and he's like, I got him. I got him. We don't even have to. We don't even have to worry about Joe anymore. He gives a shit. I got the loop. We, we can kill the loop. And they're like, no, <laughs> we got to get him. <laughs> Fuck that. Guy. Fuck this guy. We're taking them both out. It doesn't matter. Well, I'm, you know, much like uh, the guy from Raising Hope had said. You're never going to be square. He'll hunt you to the ends of the earth. Yes. Yes. I love lines like that. I don't know why. Yeah. It's just fun for me. It's like like it raises the stakes. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of distracted there. And then, of course, Bruce Willis breaks out of and fucking kills everybody with these because he's fucking Bruce Willis. And that's what Bruce Willis does. Mm -hmm. And it's a cool little action scene in this movie that doesn't have a whole lot of like big action set pieces. That's the funny thing about it is it kind of is an action movie, but it doesn't have. Yeah. It's not John Wick. That's for goddamn sure. It has a few action scenes. It's like V for Vendetta. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there's a lot more action than there actually is. Yeah. But all the action really counts because, yeah. Yeah, it's not throwaway stuff. It's integral to plot and it really kicks ass. The scenes that are in there are pretty badass. And it's fun to watch Bruce Willis shoot people. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, come on. That's been fun since 1988. Because that's just what he does. And he kills Abe, too. Just everybody's done. The The only person that makes it out of there is kid blue again yeah but he just got shot in the leg yeah poor this poor fucking guy i almost feel bad for him <laughs> again he plays the fool <laughs> in every ryan johnson movie he is the fool he is destined does he always last until the end though yeah because like fuck how is this guy still alive yeah he never gets killed in uh brick or in knives out and knives out isn't a movie where a lot of people get killed just one person you know it's a murder mystery so just the one person dies <laughs> And then, okay, so now Bruce makes it to the farm, but at the same time, Kid Blue makes it to the farm. Indeed. (laughs) Right on his heels. And Joe is driving this dopey little ice cream truck looking thing, too. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, no. That's Bruce was driving it. That's right. Bruce was (laughs) driving. And then he. And then Joe takes it after he blows Kid Blue. (laughs) Tee Uh, it was pretty clever how he did it too. He couldn't quite shoot him, so he like yeah. shot the ground to get the because yeah. he has one of those dumbass bikes again. Kid Blue is riding one now. Yeah, and then he shoots the ground to make the make all the dust fly up so he can't see, and then he lays down and shoots the bike or sh- shoots under the bike and kills Kid Blue. Fucking finally, this son of a bitch shot himself. <laughs> shot shot his gun randomly around a room where the bullet bounces all over the place and shit, <laughs> and then just narrowly avoids getting killed by Bruce Willis. This lucky fuck. 
it's staggering that he he survived <laughs> as long as he did. But now we can get back to the issue at hand. Now Bruce Willis is like, "Hey, I'm gonna go kill that fucking kid." So he halfway does. He tries, but the bullet just he grazes him. the kid's cheek. He shoots him, which doesn't. I don't think it warrants the synthetic jaw that they were talking about earlier. No, that's just the thing. Is Bruce Willis never met him in that timeline? Some other oh, fucked true. up thing happened. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, maybe it was a different looper, but you know, the point is, is Bruce Willis never never made it there. Fuck that, that whole interaction never happened in the original timeline. Ugh, I so told you it would ruin. I told you it had the potential to ruin the movie. For you. It's not ruining the movie. It's just making Good. me think too I'm, hard about it. I'm the, glad it's not ruining the movie at least, but yeah, it introduces that level of problem. Because the shit's fun to think about, but it's also frustrating to think about. Mm. <laughs> so the kid is obviously hurt again, so he has to fucking go all carry on us again. But this time he like lifts up his mom and he lifts up Bruce Willis all at the same time. And you can just see this fucking vortex around him. And all right. All right. Of all the scenes in the movie, that is the one that I really strongly dislike where Emily Blunt is is floating there and it looks so bad it's with her going, it's going to, it's okay, baby. It's going to be okay. It's And she's floating in like fucking world ending chaos is swirling around her and she's whispering. It sounds really loud everywhere else. Like how the hell is he, how the hell can he hear her? I really wish that he'd found a different way to do that scene. Me too. I, I agree. It. Yeah. I get it. And again, it doesn't completely ruin the movie for me or anything no. but i just don't care for it and i think the reason i don't like it is because it's a weak point in an otherwise incredibly strong movie i wonder if it had a different ending and they just couldn't do it maybe or they didn't have time or something Who knows? but uh we get more more narration because oh it, sid chills the fuck out and everybody's fine and on the ground now and emily blunt's like run run into the field go get the hell out of here and then bruce willis is ready to shoot emily blunt and Joe says, at all at once I saw it, whatever, all this Again, stuff. Echoing the line that Abe said to him earlier. He said, and all at once I saw it. I saw I saw the whole timeline mapped out like a vision. Huh, did he say that? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So then he in a very kind of kind of gruesome little thing, he swings the blunderbuss back towards himself and he shoots himself in the heart. Yeah. Which is fucked up and sad. It's a great moment. I mean, it's, it really it's is. the it's most good. it's the most badass moment in that entire movie. Like he just turns that fucker around and is just like taking care of business. Boom. And then Bruce Willis whooshes out of existence. Yep. So now what happens? So we now the now the kid grows up to become the rainmaker because he was always going to. I was gonna say, and I wrote down everybody lives happily ever after except for the family who has to deal with their the fact that their child got <laughs> murdered. <laughs> <laughs> because life is terrible and now even even piper parabo's character has to have some ptsd yeah you because she did have a gun pointed at her face <laughs> by bruce willis and it's like that guy wanted to kill my kid now she's now what's she gonna do that would be good though uh, to have a rainmaker series yeah like looper the rainmaker that's that's what it should be called yeah do it do yeah, it tell us tell the story of the rainmaker too give us that side of the story yeah give us the rainmaker and joe and uh, yeah tie it all together and have ryan johnson do it yeah is it like is he going to become the like it, is it going to be like a an anakin skywalker thing where he has to be like oh, i don't want to fucking do it but i shouldn't do it uh no or is he's he just going to be a bad guy no i think that's just it i think he's completely sympathetic because he's actually setting out to do a just thing he's setting out to shut down this crime family that's ruled this future version of whatever the fuck this city is oh yeah for gen you know for a generation now oh and shit i so didn't think about actually, it that way oh he's shit actually a hero oh man he's an anti-hero but you know he's sympathetic holy shit there we go you win makes sense yeah. i get it that's perfect let's write it come on netflix give it to us uh netflix sponsor us or hulu you know hulu's <laughs> fine hulu's good. hbo 
HBO. I, I'd go Netflix or HBO. Hulu yeah. doesn't. I, don't I think like Hulu. some. I like some of their original. Have you seen Castle Rock? No, not yet. It's good. You know what I did watch though? Castle Rock is good. I watched Little Monsters yesterday. Oh, I want to watch that. <laughs> Josh that's, Gad is fucking hilarious. That's the one. That that's the movie. one with the gal from Us, right? Yes. Yeah. She's, oh, she's so fucking hot. Yeah, she's very nice. I like her a lot. <laughs> and she's an amazing actress. She's like double threat. Yeah, dude. She's and she can sing. She sings a lot in that movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you watched any of those Into the Dark things? You watch Puka. You I said. watched Puka. Yeah. I watched another one. I watched Purity or Pure or whatever. Oh yeah, I, that one's on my list. Yeah. Disturbing and really good. Yeah. Like it was the Pilgrim one was kind of interesting, but this one was fucking creepy. Like it mm, it nice. upset me until. Like, you know, the climax, and I'm like, fuck yeah, kick ass. No, no spoilers. No, don't spoil it. I actually do want to watch it. It was really good. You should watch it, definitely. And yeah, I thought it was going to be more like midsummer type because uh-huh. it kind of looks like that uh-huh. when you look at like the thumbnails and stuff. It's nothing. Well, they, they so were, good. I think they were trying to jump on that. Yes. That the hype of midsummer. But it was real good. So I definitely recommend that one to everybody. I'm going to try. I need to check out more of those. It's really hard to look up the actresses in, or the actors in them because they're not separated on IMDb as movies. It's all one series into the dark. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, she's hot. Who is she? I want to stalk her on like Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> it's I really hard to fucking go down the list. And I really them. wish IMDb would refine their television catalog. They have. Yeah. Like they you can click on the arrow next to the actor and then you can see what episodes and what seasons they're on it should be more refined yeah i, but I feel like they could yes i feel like they could put together a more refined version of that like it works but it's inconvenient yeah i was okay with it in the old days of imdb because i've been an imdb or since literally 1997 oh, wow. i've been an imdb for 22 years now i didn't discover imdb until i was out of high school already no i, I was i when i first got into the internet was in 1997 and imdb was there and it was my source for <laughs> For looking up all kinds of shit. IMDb, uh, Drew's Scriptorama, and GeoCities. Those were my big three, man. No Ain't It Cool news? Nope. I wasn't into Ain't It Cool <laughs> until, I'm going to say 2003. Till it wasn't cool 2004. Anymore. 2004. Till it, till it was this ain't cool. <laughs> Until it had kind of become a parody of itself. Look at me making puns and shit. I did make, uh, I did follow it for uh, several years. And I never did. The only exposure I had to Ain't It Cool News really was when Ethan Suppley played him in, in Fanboys. <laughs> what a perfect casting. <laughs> and that oh was, yeah, that was before Ethan Suppley lost all the weight, too. Yeah. So, it was, yeah. Oh, did he lose a yeah. bunch of weight? Oh. Yeah, he's, he's doing pretty good now. I did not know that. <gasps> you know what we're going to do? Speaking of Ethan Suppley, who I don't think, it, I don't think he was in the movie, we're going to go see Jans on the Bob reboot again but we're seeing it on the road show he's not coming back from Mallrats he's not reprising his role no <laughs> but Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes will both be there in the theater watching the movie with oh, us and doing nice. a Q&A fucking A man so I get where are you going to see that it's at the Fox Theater in Spokane yeah wow yeah it's like 50 bucks though so it's oh, kind of for you I think it's worth it though yeah Rachel got two tickets for Christmas oh, so we're going to go together and it'll be it'll be really romantic I was and... really really hoping that my son was going to get me tickets to Doug Stanhope oh shit for, for Christmas but he's like nope fuck you dad uh, here's a candy cane I'm not su- <laughs> I'm not surprised that he didn't because they would have cost probably like 50 bucks and I know my son doesn't have much money yeah Rachel's like do I need to watch any movies to understand what's going on in this movie I'm like <laughs> yeah about a half dozen of them do you want to watch Clerks Mallrats Chasing Amy Dogma Clerks too. And, and then we can we can kind of maybe skip over Jersey Girl but you know if you want to experience the whole thing you gotta watch some Jersey no, Girl no you can do Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back with <laughs> oh Jay 
Silent Bob Strike Back and then Jersey Girl. I forgot. I forgot Jay and Bob Strike. Is that no, part of the No, that's not universe? even part of the Askew universe Yeah, now. so you don't need to you don't need to watch it. But that. just for me cuz I'm a Kevin Smith whore and I actually and I enjoy Jersey Girl. It's okay, not, I haven't seen I haven't seen it. it definitely not his best movie, me. but it's okay. It's a good one. And then, you know, got to got to watch Clerks 2, obviously. Obviously. But then what do you do? Do you, you watch Zack and Miri make a porno and then Tusk? Do you watch Cop Out? Has nothing to fucking do with anything. No, you see, I think, <laughs> again, you're missing the point. You're I'm, wanting her to watch movies out based on your fandom and not uh, based on yeah. her actual question, which was, what do I need to watch in order to understand <laughs> this movie? Technically. All she has to watch is Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Dogma, uh, Dogma and Jane Silent Bob Jane Strike Back, Strike and, Clerks Back and Clerks 2. That's it. That's still a lot of fucking movies, though. So I'm you not might, saying it's not, but... You might as well just go for it's it. It's only a half dozen movies. You, only have, you might as well go for it, man. You might as well watch a dozen. All right, man. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at that point, yeah, that's the end. And, yeah, that's and the then end. she takes the kid home and she fucking tucks him in like nothing yep. happened. Does, she does, gives does, him a bath. Do they even have a front door? Bandages his face, tucks him in. Shut the hell up up there. I think it just blew out the screen door. I, just I think, the screen door? I think okay. the door was open, so they oh, it just yeah. blew out the screen door. Fair so enough. Yeah, they probably have, I mean, the entire living room's covered in blood, so, you know, <laughs> if anybody shows up, they're fucked. It's not like guns have been going off in the vicinity. It's not like there, it's not like there was a weather event <laughs> located directly on her farm. Well, I mean, the kid could just kill whoever comes That's and shows true. up. That's so. true. It's not like she's in real danger. But... Technically, Bruce Willis did say he fixed the problem because he killed everybody. So technically, that they're all gone now. That's Abe's true. dead. His second command, from what I gather, is dead. Like all, yeah. yeah. I mean, if nothing else, whoever decides to step in and fill the vacuum of power left is going to be spending, you know, at least a period of a, a couple of months picking up the pieces. So while yeah. I think she's fine, it's just kind of funny that she just takes him home. Bed, <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> I'd leave town. I would leave town too. Yeah. Maybe I they'll leave that, tomorrow. I think that's the. Same bet and her truck is still sitting out in the middle of that road you know upside down oh fuck it is because the kid flipped it in his panic oh god this movie this movie she's gonna have a lot to deal with tomorrow this movie takes some energy to get through (laughs) i would like to see in the in the netflix series i'd like to see the ending wrapped up a little tighter yeah like maybe he actually kills his mom on accident no that's just that's just it It, it, he can't (laughs) in this timeline he totally still becomes the guy but he's not gonna kill his mom no he's not gonna kill his mom He's gonna. They're definitely gonna have some awkward teenage years, though. He might kill her then. How many chicks is he gonna explode? <laughs> Hate to be the one who blue balls this guy. And he's he's like the Hulk. He's in it. They're fucking, and then he just gets too excited. He just goes. He just goes over the edge. And as soon as he comes, and her eyeballs just pop out of her head because <laughs> because he just can't control it. Hey, Pornhub, get on that shit. <laughs> no, it's his stepsister. Yeah, well, it's got to be. That's <laughs> Apparently, por- that's all that's being made anymore. That's what Pornhub is for. <laughs> uh, so I think we're done. I think uh, I think we uh, is a good start to the year. Yeah, and we were gonna do Pandorum. I think Pandorum would have been a great start too. <laughs> I didn't because we're because we're apparently living in it now. I didn't know this was going to be this fun, though. No, I, I enjoy this. I love Looper. Looper's Looper's a great movie. It, it's tons of fun. I enjoy it every time I watch it. I recommend it to anybody who enjoys good movies. Agreed. Ryan Johnson needs to do more stuff like this. I mean, yes. he did Knives Out, so he's he's clearly able to do whatever he wants. Yeah, and Knives Out is good. Keeping in mind, Ryan Johnson works really well. And this, this is the thing that I think is important to remember with him. He works really well within a genre setting. But you can't hamstring the guy like Disney did with Last Jedi. 
You can't take away creative freedom because if you take away creative freedom from this guy, to at least if you do it to the degree Disney did in Last Jedi, you're going to get a subpar um which subpar is a really stupid term because subpar is exactly what you want in golf. You want to get <laughs> subpar, <laughs> but but that's you don't what want you, your movies that way. Yeah, that's what you're going to get out of a Ryan Johnson movie if you hamstring him on creative control. Is you're going to get a subpar piece of work like The Last Jedi, which I enjoyed but ultimately had a lot of weaknesses. Yes, agreed. But yeah, this this movie's awesome. So yes, go see it, buy it, yell at Netflix, just fucking bombard them with with requests for a Rainmaker series because hey. that does. Sound like a good idea. Speaking of a Rainmaker series, you know what I'd like to see? Not really. I don't really want to see this. <laughs> but uh, why doesn't Audible get on this and develop a Rainmaker series? Oh, do it. No, yeah. I don't want that. Um, but I do want you, uh, our dear listener, to go to audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across Hollywood and start a free trial. You will be supporting the show. You'll get a free book out of it. And uh, there's all kinds of awesome audiobooks on Audible. So please do it and support the show. Audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across hollywood i might even have a recommendation i haven't read it yet oh but we are watching the show the man in the high castle and i'm gonna start reading the book probably tonight oh but man it's definitely it's definitely on audible so check that shit out because the show is really good we're two seasons in we stopped it to watch the witcher not too happy about that <laughs> <laughs> but because i'm like the last two seasons i just want to watch those but then we have to watch letter kenny first because the new season oh, of letter kenny yeah. dropped fuck i already started that but yeah, so Audible. Uh, so yeah, Man in maybe, the high castle. maybe check it. out uh, Man in the High Castle by Philip K. Dick. If you aren't interested in that specific Philip K. Dick story, they do have several of them. I have several of them on audiobook, and they are delightful. There's Any some... sci-fi movie you have ever seen is probably inspired <laughs> in some way by Philip K. Dick. If it's not, then it's Richard <laughs> Matheson. Yes. And they have lots of good Richard Matheson yes. stories on there, too. So yeah, check it out. They have some delightful collections. Uh, there's a Philip K. Dick omnibus collection, and it's broken into like five parts. But each one of those parts is a monster. I mean, we're talking like 20 hours of stories. Nice. Really good stuff. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. If you're if you're into sci-fi, check it out. Audibletrial.com forward slash Sharks Across Hollywood. And I'm imagining if you're listening to this, you're not, not into sci-fi. I would... <laughs> I would imagine, <laughs> given our track record up to this point. Yeah, you should go back and look at the list of that shit. We're, we're fucking nerds. Yes. It's rough. Time. It's going to get nerdier, <laughs> folks. It's going to get nerdier this year. This oh, year, this year's going to get strange. This year, we're taking the gloves off. Oh, yeah. But hey, everybody, if you want to follow us on some social media, you can do so on everything at the Shark Pod. And if you want to give us money for all this stuff that we're going to bring you eventually. Of course they do. Because you do. I know you do. It's a dollar. Just do it. Just do it. A dollar a month you could support this show. A dollar. Our next goal is going to be 60 and then maybe maybe when we reach $60, we'll do a shitty movie that will, and you'll you'll be able to torture us with a, with a really bad movie that we'll have to say five good things about and we'll make it rough. I will personally pick the movie and make it real bad. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna, do that. I'm going to need to see some proof of those pledges at that point, depending <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> depending on the movie i'm gonna enjoy that a lot so we'll be back next week in a couple weeks i haven't made up my mind yet but we'll be back we'll be back i was gonna leave you with a random movie quote but i couldn't remember oh wait hey you know what when life hands you lemons you say fuck the lemons and bail (laughs) because that's my favorite line from forgetting sarah marshall (laughs) but hey we'll see you next time and until then stay jossom